0: What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to another episode of SFA Charlotte. I'm your hostess, Keeks, and I want to welcome y'all to SFA Charlotte. How y'all doing? We miss y'all. We love y'all. We hope everyone has been having a great day. Now, as always, we're coming with the education and the information, baby. But before we get into it, let me go ahead and introduce my Phenomenal! My amazing. They they keep me uplifted, y'all. They feed my spirit. They feed. They nurture my soul. I got my big brother, Kaylin. How you doing?
1: What happening? Peace and love to all my family out there. Let's get it cracking like it.
0: And then we got my other big brother, brother Stokes.
2: That's me all day, every day. Let's get it in.
0: Alrighty, y'all. So, you know, I'm getting hot. And we ain't even started yet, child. <laughs> just letting y'all know, you know, it's gonna be something serious today. We talking to y'all about capitalism. Yes. Getting down with the nitty-gritty, damn it. Now, I'ma just... Yes, I already done started. I'ma just Throw this disclaimer out there. You know, when I get very passionate, y'all, you know, I cuss sometimes. So you might feel it. You might definitely hear it on this episode. But just know, I love y'all regardless. But, hey, raw and unfiltered, we striving for achievement all day, every day, baby. So we're going to go ahead and get into the meat and potatoes of this. So let's go ahead and talk about capitalism. Y'all know we mentioned it a lot, and just we wanted to take some time to do some research and just educate the masses, you know, just so we know what we operate within. So without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and start us out with some terminology. Now, my first definition of capitalism comes directly from Google. Google defines capitalism as an economic and political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than by the state. Now, I'm going to go ahead and move on to my next definition. It comes from Investopedia. They define capitalism as an economic system that focuses on a free market to determine the most efficient allocation of resources and sets prices based on supply and demand. Now, before I get into my final definition, I broke down the word free market just in case, you know. For those of us that aren't familiar with what a free market is, a free market is an economic system based on supply and demand with little to no government control. Emphasis on the little to no. You know, they ain't saying it ain't there, but they're not saying that it's, full, you know, just full government control. It's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Then my final definition, again, comes from Investopedia. They define capitalism as an economic system in which private individuals or businesses own capital goods. And the production of goods and services is based on supply and demand in the general market known as a market economy. So, again, I broke this definition down because in reading, I'm like, okay, well, what's capital goods? What's a market economy? Capital goods are goods that are used in producing other goods rather than being bought by consumers. So an example of a capital good would be machines, buildings, tools, things that make it easier for companies to produce at a higher level and in a more efficient manner. And then a market economy is an economic system in which economic decisions and the pricing of goods and services are guided by the interactions of a country's (coughs) individual citizens and businesses. And again, just going to go ahead and throw in, you know, government intervention, it exists, but it's not fully, like, controlled by the government. So, just a few facts about Capitalism since we already have the Definitions as to what it is Capitalist societies they operate On a two class system Those two classes would be the Working class and the capitalist class The working class Are people who sell their Labor to the capitalist class In exchange for wages And the capitalist class Would be people who own The means of producing and Distributing goods And Overall, in capitalist societies, the economy is run by corporations they own and operate the companies and make decisions as to the use of the resources that are being produced. And one of the things about corporations and companies that operate within a capitalist society is that they function on a profit motive. So this means that their goal is to make and sell goods and services strictly for profit. This is why we say follow the money y'all cuz they money hungry. They money hungry. They go for that that's that's the that's the priority number 1. That's the goal. Main motive. And I ain't say that. That came from Investopedia just if you want to know. Just re re you know, recording what they said, paraphrase. Um and in capitalist societies, there are four factors of production. These four factors of production are entrepreneurship, capital goods, natural resources, and labor. So now that we know what capitalism is, we we kind of have an idea as to how it functions. How the hell did it end up over here? Let's go <sighs> ahead and, you know, go through a nice timeline, paint this ugly hideous story so the concept of capitalism originated in Europe I personally didn't find a particular country that pretty much founded the idea but overall it it originated in the continent of Europe and before capitalism was practiced they practiced another economic system which was known as feudalism but I'm not going to get too much into that because you know we're focusing on capitalism so before capitalism came over to America pretty much you had corporations that were already established in Europe and you know and them being in Europe they needed they wanted more land so they can expand and grow and gain and build more capital so two of the corporations that I learned in doing my research that existed at that time were the Massachusetts Bay Company and the Royal African Company. Just put a pin in that. So again, the Europeans wanted more land, grow, expand, gain, and build more capital. They came over to the new, new world, right? They like to tell us that they discovered the new world, but yeah. They came over to the new world, stole the land from the Native Americans, murdered them, raped them, spread their diseases, Then the government at that time was established in New England. So you have these people coming over from Europe, came over to the New World, and a government in England is pretty much dictating how the land is being distributed and sold from where they were established. So they're selling the land to the colonizers, for a very cheap prices. So then you have the colonizers, they have all this land and the corporations came over uh, What? and they also had land that they purchased or was granted by the government. And this is where the Royal African company comes in. So the Royal African company was one of the known corporations to kidnap Africans and bring them to the new world as slaves. And once more, more people saw how that was working for them, you know, they have all this land, they need people to work it and build it to create the world that they wanted that they envisioned. They was like, "Okay, we're well, we going to hop on that wave." So, more people pretty much hopped on that bandwagon and that's how we get the Atlantic slave trade. So, in 1776, the 13 colonies claimed their int- claimed their independence from the English government. And capitalism continued to thrive and evolve to what we know it as today. And before I pass it on to Brother Stokes, I'm gonna read this quote I came across. It's an article titled, It Came in the Ship, in the First Ships, Capitalism in America. And this article was published by Harvard Business School. It reads So capitalism did come in the first ships and in many different forms, legitimate commerce legal cover for religious freedom the slave trade and individuals exchange of labor for a ticket to america yet none of these examples represented modern capitalism few had much to do with the first industrial revolution let alone the second or third each concerned farming commerce and trading not technology and manufacturing but all contained powerful elements of capitalism and that proved to be momentous for the nation's future end quote now, I'm going to go ahead and pass the baton over to Brother Stokes, because he's going to give y'all the background about mm-hmm. Black history and our connection to capitalism from the time that our ancestors were brought over from the continent of Africa. Brother Stokes, go ahead. What you got for us?
2: Wow. I really want to um say, first and foremost, thank you, because you laid... A great entry point and even with your quote you given me the opportunity to present just how even inside of the presentation of capitalism in today's times the American mentality does its best to try to separate itself away from the truth which is the brutalization of the African body, the stolen African body, is what was, and to coin a phrase by W.E.B. Du Bois, became the ugly in the ugly food, I want to make sure I get his quote correct, Mm -hmm. became the mass that America needed to get up off of its feet, which is more than anything else. And to be very simplistic, the use of stolen African labor. And your quote that you uh, just gave us, I am going to have to rebut it with my research. And and here's the rebut uh, or the rebuff, I should say. And this comes from, this is a direct quote from Alfred Chandler's study published in 1977. And the name of the study was The Visible Hand. And here is what it says historians have tended to connect the development of the modern business practices in the 19th century railroad industry to that of what can be called modern day american capitalism but view and they also view plantation slavery as pre-capitalistic activity even going so far as to call it Primitive capitalistic, uh, primitive activity, excuse me. Uh, so again, Alfred Chandler's study, The Visible Hand, he makes sure to say that when we get inside of our educational system, whether it be high school, college, uh, postgraduate, Whenever there is a telling of how America thrived and and ascended as a a capitalistic entity, they love to link it to the practices of the 19th century railroad industry. But what he goes further to say is it's a more comforting origin story, one that protects the idea that Mm -hmm. America's economic ascendancy developed not because of but in spite of millions of blacks toiling on plantations. Mm -hmm. So what am I really saying about the African American experience in its total history being connected to capitalism? I'm saying that what we have to understand and what we have to get a full grip on is that As my brother Kalen said in one of our previous episodes, we had a late start. And that's being very, very, very kind and generous to Caucasians. The the actual truth is we, as African-Americans, descendants of stolen Africans, were never meant from the beginning to participate mm. in what can be called the Capitalistic Society of America. So I'm going to start with a few facts. I'm going to start with a few pieces of information. And then I'm going to hand it off to Brother Kalen. But just know that everything I'm going to say this episode is going to be tailored around information that I found inside of... Uh, an article that is part of a series of articles that was published in 2019 in the New York Times Magazine. And this article was written specifically by Matthew Desmond. And the series of articles are entitled The 1619 Project. Now, the 1619 Project is an ongoing initiative that was commissioned by the New York Times Magazine to begin in August of 2019, and that is the actual 400th anniversary of the beginning of American slavery. Now the project aims to reframe the country's history by placing the consequences of slavery and the contributions of Black Americans at the very center of our national narrative. Now, here's the thing. In order to understand the brutality of American capitalism, you have to start inside the plantation. This is something that we have to come to grips with when it comes to what is capitalism, meaning what is this economic engine that that drives what is called America, and how does it function when it comes to the life, the everyday life, the the comings and goings of the African-American? Well, let's begin with one fact. And this is as of 2019. The richest 1% of Americans at that time owned 40% of the country's wealth. So understand that in 2019, 1%, and remember if you do from our previous episode, we ballparked the American population at about 380 million. So think about that. 380 million, 10% is 38 million. 1% is 3.8 million. 3.8 million people In America, control, not own, not spend, not willfully inject, but control 40% of America's wealth. So, 40% of the capitalistic system sits in 3.8 million people's hands. And, and and if you want to get into the minutiae of the numbers of that 3.8 million you only have maybe and i'm gonna guess it you maybe only have nine black billionaires in america maybe 11. let's go on the high side maybe there's 11 billion black billionaires in america who are descendants of stolen Africans fully. I'm just gonna stop there. I'm just gonna stop there because if I keep going, you're gonna surely cuss uh Miss <laughs> Keith.
0: Yeah.
2: I gave the disclaimer. So let's, let's go ahead and pass this baton <laughs> to uh, brother Kalen and then uh we can come back around and I can give out some more information when I calm down because I'm getting hot.
1: <laughs> oh, because I was about to kick it right back to you, but I just like I, I guess just listening to everything y'all been saying, it's just like, man, it kind of it kind of throws me back to our episode about words like I'm able to see like mm-hmm. capitalism. Like all this is about capital. That's it. Mm-hmm. And like even looking at the definition, like a similar a synonym of the definition of capitalism is individualism. And it's like, wow, it makes so much sense. And then even like some research on the actual word capitalism, I found, you know, a question like who benefits from capitalism? And it's individual capitalists are typically wealthy people who have a large amount of capital, money or other financial assets invested in business and who benefit from the system of capitalism by making increased profits, there thereby adding to their wealth. So it's like capitalism is just about just getting yours. So it's like it makes sense why I guess as a society it pushes you need to get your money. You need to get your money. Bump everything else is all about the money because that's the freaking system that America decided to uh, engage in. And And it's also a political system too. So it's like Understanding that one, it's a it's an economic game and a political not even game. It's a freaking system, like something that they have tinkered, that they have gotten in, like they have figured it out. We are in the system of it because I found that during doing for research about all the isms and all the all the, <laughs> the the jargon that gets thrown out, like some stuff is theory, then other things are systems, and that's very key to know the difference between the two. Because a system is something that's tried and true. A theory is something we still figuring out. So to know that, like, America chose capitalism as their system to thrive, it's interesting. It's interesting. Because I even found, like, I was just I honestly just did a Google search and then just, you know, they have a lot of people also ask. And then one of the questions was, is capitalism bad or good? And so I was like, let's see. So this is from I just clicked down and it was like capitalism is bad, capitalism ignores people's needs, results in wealthy and in wealth inequality, and does not promote equal opportunity. Capitalism also encourages mass consumption, is unsustainable, and provides an incentive and, impri- and provides an incentive for business owners to harm the environment for monetary gain. Mm. Capitalism is also ineffective and unstable. And uh. Ah dang! I think Brother Stokes said this before we got on air. I'm tripping because the conversation's kind of been good, but um, but like that, like see, reading that, it was like, that makes sense. Wow, we tend to go through the same like uh, Great Depressions, like you 1920s, 2008, and just recently, like we we seem to go through these periodic depressions, and it's like predictable, yeah, because we're in a freaking system that they is built in. And I think Brother Soos has some more stuff about that. That's what I'm about to pick it back to you, dog. You got a lot of stuff in the chamber. I need you to let these things off,
2: man, bro. You're touching. I want to hear though. What did you find? Because I know you spent time digging into the isms that are not capitalism. Like I right. wanted. I wanted to hear you present what you found out about. Say Marxism or communism or 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 the theories that Lenin put forth or the theories that maybe a Che Guevara put forth,
1: but uh, yeah, can you can can you expound a little bit on those? Oh, I most certainly can. So, and even getting into even getting back into like just understanding the words, the words themselves, like when you hear communism usually I just heard it and it was just always bad like I was almost like almost nervous like ooh, communism those people scary but like the root word is community and like honestly it like it's a theory as well so communism is a political theory derived from Karl Marx advocating class war and leading to a society in which All property is publicly owned and each person works and is paid according to their abilities and needs. And things that fall under communism are like Marxism and Leninism and Trotskyism, and even socialism. Because socialism is basically like the baby before communism. And socialism is a theory as well. Socialism is just a political and economic theory of social organization which advocates that the means of production, distribution, and exchange... Should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole. So honestly, looking back at those, it's like for pe- for Americans to say, "Oh, they support communism." Da 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 da. It's kind of like, mm, like, did you really know what they were spreading? Or like, I'm pretty sure that the, I'm pretty sure you can get into the weeds. It's not all like black and white. But just definition alone, and just understanding the definition of the word, and not all the iterations that people like to give words, so you're Mm -hmm. confused about what the frick it really means, but especially socialism, because it more so just is, is more so like a spread of the wealth, instead of the wealth being concentrated in one area. And I just feel like it'll be more so a, of, of an equal thing. And then I started to get, okay, this is, oh, okay, so let's see what are the opposites of these things. So, I'm gonna, let me see. Okay, boom. Ca- the, op- the the opposite of capitalism is communism. Okay? And the opposite of socialism is com- conservatism. What is conservatism? I looked that up too. Conservatism is a commitment to traditional Oh! <laughs> I'm going here conservatism commitment to traditional values and ideas with opposition to change or innovation. Mm. That's the, that's the first definition. The second definition, the holding of political views that favor free enterprise private ownership and socially traditional ideas and kind of a subset of that definition, the doctrines of the conservative party of great Britain or a similar party elsewhere. And I found that very interesting because I feel like the black church is conservatism, no cap in some in some aspects. Because mm. they hold some ideas that they don't want to grow they, they don't want to grow with, with the time. Not to say that the religion has to change, but growing in the love of of things and being more open. It's just like it's just, it's just it's, and then having the frustration of not wondering why they're not growing, but at the same time, you're not innovating, you're not changing. So you can't grow if you don't innovate, because growth requires change. It's not like one or the other. So I was like, hmm. They, honestly, looking at these definitions, it was like, I, I understand why America is kind of in a titty, Because some people going this way, some people are capitalist, some people communist, some people socialists, some people conservatives. We don't know which way we're going. So we're going in all different shoots and ladders types of ways. It's the whole game of life. So, oh, boy, I kind of went there. But um, then I looked into, so then I went into, uh, this is kind of a subset, then we can kind of get back to capitalism. But I went into, like, how America is really a, a republic, but we tend to say we're, we're a democracy. So I wanted to get into understanding what that is as well, because that flows into our capitalism and how that operates. So democracy is a system of government by the whole population or the all eligible members of state typically through elected representatives. Now that is a very specific definition. And I say that because the definition of a republic is a state in which supreme power is held by the people and their elected representatives and which has an elected or nominated president rather than a monarch. But I also want to say that Modern republics are founded on the idea that sovereignty rests with the people, though who is included and excluded from the category of the people has varied across history. Mm. Say that again. Modern republics are founded on the idea that sovereignty rests with the people, though who is included and excluded from the category of the people. Has varied across history, so that's republic. So understand, America is a republic, but we have democracy. But here is what democracy literally says: a system of government by the whole population or all eligible members of state, typically through elected representatives. So you have no. to understand. Oh, okay. Mm mm. Keep going. Keep. Going. So so you have to understand. You have to understand if America is a republic. That's built on democracy, and these are eligible members of state, and people and the people, we the people, are though who is included and excluded from the people varies across history. So America didn't include black people as human until so the constitution, we the people, we weren't the people. Come on. And that's that's in the definition of what America stands on, a republic and a democracy on capitalism. Mm -hmm. And then capitalism is an economic and political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than by state. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not a part of the people of the republic, if I'm not a part of the eligible members of state, how can I be a private owner for anything of profit? Time
2: um, of the Lord.
1: And now... But we got to pull ourselves by our
2: bootstraps. And, and 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 to interject a little bit of American political history, just a tiny bit, we're going to stick with the topic of capitalism, but it is also a political system. It, it also has political ramifications. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 1965 Voting Act. 1965 Voting Rights Act. 1965 Voting Rights Act. It was never a law. Still to this day. 56 be, years ago. It still must be voted on by Congress to remain. In process, this is why every individual state can mandate its own rules and regulations when it comes to the privilege. Remember that now we're talking about words when it comes to the privilege of voting as it ascertains or pertains to it, individual members of state because the Voting Rights Act was never made a law.
0: Uh And even in just listening to everything, I know this is a bit of a segue from what we're talking about, but uh, what is it called? The Pledge of Allegiance. Uh It's in the Pledge of Allegiance. I'm trying to think, how does it go? Uh, I pledge
1: allegiance to the flag of the United States, States of America unto the, the republic, republic on which they put me under. <laughs> One nation, <laughs> under <laughs> the devil, indivisible, with <laughs> reckless action above all. Amen. <laughs> F them niggas, man. <laughs> saying that
2: in school. Okay, we got hot, we got hot, we got hot. <laughs> we it's got- the truth,
1: though. No, no. They got right? us saying that the in school and they're not even talking about us. They, look, They got us just, like, they got us as puppets for real. They got, ooh, well, they had us. Now I'm not going to say they got us. They had us.
2: The only reason the majority, and, and I'm not going to take this over, the only reason the majority and, and because we are African-American, because we are descendants of stolen Africans, because we are speaking to a public that we hope is primarily descendants of stolen Africans, we might even be speaking to some Africans that are listening. What we want to declare or what we want to actually state more than anything else is this when you peel back the layers of this thing called America you have no choice but to make one decision this is the only decision you are going to have to make if you keep peeling back the layers of this thing called America and here's the decision will I recognize meaning will I see what I see or will I play like I'm dumb? Mm-hmm. Meaning, I choose to remain blind to the truth in hopes that my blindness will afford me the opportunity to ascend within this system of capitalism. Because here's you, poor white people know this. Poor white people know if they don't have no money, It don't matter that they white. Like poor white people know that. We are people who really look at ourselves when we are poor thinking we got a chance. Like you ain't got no chance when you're poor. Not in a capitalistic society. That's what we are exploring today. Now watch this. I'm going to say this and I'm going to move on. When Americans declare that we live in a capitalistic society, what they are often defending is our nation's peculiar, brutal economy. Now, this Mm -hmm. comes directly from the article that was written, uh, the article that was published in 2019. Now, America, and this is what the article, uh, excuse me. Uh, Joel Rogers, a sociologist at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, coined a phrase called low-road capitalism, and he said that's the type of capitalism that America actually employs. He calls low-road capitalism. Now, in this type of capitalism, the society itself goes low in the meaning that wages are depressed as businesses compete over prices, mm-hmm. the quality of the goods, and so called unskilled workers are typically incentivized through punishment, not promotion, and inequity reigns as poverty spreads. What he literally is saying is that. Exactly what you said, Keeks, when it came to what was happening in England, forcing people onto boats to come to the new world. When capitalism is employed, you've got to expand. There is no choice but to expand. And if you can't expand within the natural world, 2019, 2020, 2021, you've got to expand in the virtual world. Hence Bitcoin hits Dogecoin. Hence Elon Musk. F- NFTs. F- yeah. Right. FTPs and all these things. Everything is expanding. Why? Because capitalism requires that things expand. And if there is no expansion, capitalism dies. But America, and and, and I like what this uh this, this sociologist, Joe Rogers, said, America employs a low-road capitalism. So here's what we got to know. And, and I'm talking specifically to African-Americans. When you look at what plantation life was, and if you even try to go back and visualize what plantation life was, to be very simplistic, I mean, not to demean the life of a slave, of, of an of a enslaved African. What I am literally trying to do is get us to understand that all of your output, all of your ingenuity, all of your intelligence was there for the disposal of the slave owner. So while the slave owner is becoming more and more rich, for lack mm. of a better word, right, you mm. are still empowering this capitalistic system. You're participating in it, but you're not a benefactor of it. Ain't but that's
0: some... Go
2: ahead, go ahead. I was just going
0: to say, ain't that some shit. That's all I
2: was going to say. But now watch this. This is why the 1619 Project is so powerful. The 1619 Project is so powerful because what it's literally attempt, what it was and still is probably to this day, attempting to show each and every American is that the way we move in America today Is not different than how you were, how it was moving on the plantation. Here's what I mean. Okay, arbitrarily, a a, a plantation owner builds his house, quote unquote, the big house. He puts all his little slave houses on his land. Let's say he got 100 acres and he's farming cotton and he's got 50 slaves of different various ages, both men and women. Now one, he's gonna force them to have sex with each other to have babies because he gotta keep them right. Or he's gonna rape them himself and produce babies because he's gotta keep he's gotta keep his product. Mm -hmm. Okay, or or excuse me, not his product. What did you call it? Uh Keeks, the consumer goods. The consumer goods gotta stay in 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 lockstep.
0: Can't lose the capital goods.
1: Yeah, capital goods.
2: Goods can't go. I can't. They can't dwindle. I got to keep a heart. I got to keep a strong. Keep back. expanding. Right. I got to keep a strong back. So, hey, I don't care if you are 50 years old. I'm going to impregnate you so you can have a baby. And then I'm going to use the 25 year old to nurse that baby. And then when that baby comes 10 years old, I'm putting that baby out in the field. And that 10 year old is going to pull my cotton. Now, 16, 19, let's say roughly to about 1867, 1868, the ending of the Civil War. Okay. So let's do them 200 years so we know we're clear. 1619, 1819. You've got an inexhaustible amount of capital goods, according to slave labor. And this is going on in Georgia, Florida. Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, Kentucky, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Texas, Arkansas. But this is going on before those were even considered states. Now, I'm going to get finished. What I'm trying to say is the average African-American today is dealing with the same set of circumstances, although it's under different names. Because as Joel Rogers said, with low-road capitalism, the so-called unskilled workers are typically incentivized through punishment and not through promotion. How many of us are sitting in jobs where we know we ain't making enough money to make it on a daily basis, but we keep going back to them jobs? Why? because them are the only jobs that'll hire us nine times out of 10, because we only have high school education. And if we do well enough on them jobs, meaning if we rat somebody else out, or if we break out back to the point where we might not have a job, then they might give us a 50 cent raise, or they might give us a $1.25 raise, or they might encourage us. And let's be real. The person that's encouraging us oftentimes is a Caucasian. Hey, if you do a great job there, Kalen, um, you could become the night supervisor. You know, you you could really start making some money. Man, I've been here five years. I'm suffering. Like, what am I really doing? Right. But that's capitalism that's the low road type of capitalism that america still operates on to this day and i'll pass it on because i got more i could say but we we, we can pass that on
0: I go was, ahead i was just going to comment on uh the portion where you or the comment you made in saying how they incentivize the like you get incentivized off of punishment and i was just thinking about the whole concept of overtime like you know, mm-hmm. you can get incent- You can get incentivized in various ways, but like you know, in making more money. You know, you get paid time and a half or double pay just for working overtime. But we all know, in working overtime, how mentally and physically draining that can be. And, and taxing. What's,
1: and what's crazy? It, it. Yeah, you're right. It is taxing because you working up overtime. You in a different tax bracket. Mm. So really, you get taxed more on your check. Mm. So it's like it's punishment. Like whether you feel it, you gonna feel it regardless.
0: Right. <sighs> tell me, y'all my foot through somebody trachea. I'm telling you, I can just <laughs> man.
2: And 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 man, when I oh man, when I tell you, it's it's. It's eye-opening to understand that this is so intricately twisted Mm -hmm. into the fabric of American society, American capitalism, um, the American political system, like the the abject Let's, let's deal with poverty. Poverty within African American society, which is truly poverty within Caucasian society. That's not poverty is poverty. If you're making ten thousand dollars, you're making ten thousand dollars. You poor, okay? So American capitalism needed to thrive when slavery was over. So what was the way that it had to thrive? Well, it had to thrive because the the, the the post-slavery Caucasian had to be able to view their position if they worked alongside a former slave as being something of a privilege because otherwise they would get the understanding that, wait a minute, he is equal to me as where two days ago, a week ago, a year ago, five years ago, he couldn't have any kind of privilege. So what did they do? They made it where, in order for capitalism to keep going, they turned unions. So now, unions came about, and, and this is the truth. Like, anybody that goes and research the history of unions, you will know this. Unions came about because, right after slavery, you had all these skilled workers that were black, former slaves. And the, and now here's the other part of capitalism. If I could take a slave, a former slave, and I know I gotta pay him something now. So if I tell him, and I'm gonna use an arbitrary number, all right, you know how to you know how to build a brick, a, a brick building, you're a brick mason. So I need you to be able to build a brick apartment building, you and friends. So I'm going to pay all of y'all $20 an hour. What you're going to do is you're going to create a a society of Caucasian men, and you're going to tell them, watch this, I'm going to pay you $25 an hour. But you're going to oversee these Negroes, these former slaves. And you're gonna make sure that they know how to build this building correctly. Now, here's the problem: the white man had no knowledge of how to build a brick building in the first place. Exactly. <laughs> he he one. That's what that's what the capitalistic engine had to do because in he, order
1: to keep the framework together.
2: Because if you go back to what Alfred Chandler
1: said. Wow.
2: If you go back to what Alfred Chandler said in the 1977 publication, remember now, in his publication of The Visible Hand, he's telling you that capitalism is closely tied to the practice of the the plantation. So what does that mean? It means that if I, as the owner of these buildings, or at least the contractor that is being paid to build these buildings, If I want to make a profit, I don't want to pay nobody nothing. Now, if I got to pay these niggas $20, and I'm going to pay a a, a white man $25, when in all actuality, I should be paying people $40, $50. But I'm going to incentivize this white man by five extra dollars, and I'm still paying him below market rate. But I'm telling him because he's white he's doing better than this black man. And that's still going on today. How many white supervisors are only making $2 more than you? How many white supervisors are only making $4 more than you? But everybody know we still can't afford to live.
1: That's crazy because when you said that, that made me think of sports. Like how these football players are being like led and football players, basketball players, whatever, you being led by people that, some people that, one, some people don't even know the game, and two, some people never played the game, never had an interest to play. And then, that that made me think of musicians, with producing, like, back in the day, Aretha Franklin, like, produced her music, but when it came out, it was all these other people. Like, I, I was watching the, um, it's a show called Genius, it's a new uh, I guess TV platform. Me and Babe were watching it. It's called Aretha, and Aretha was playing this song, and she had a pizza a pia- uh a pizza box on the piano because it made it sound different. Mm. So she going to she going to this party, and these dude these these white dudes they were coming talking to these dudes like, oh man, you're such a great producer man. And I heard a story that you placed a piano box a, p- a pizza box on the piano because it made it sound different. That was so dope. And Aretha was right there like. She was like, I did that. And then the producer she was working with was like, listen, you can't do that. Not even the Beatles have producing credit. Not even the not even these big names have producing credit. Why should you be the first one? And Mm -hmm. it just goes to show that they put they 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 place these people that don't have the conditions above you to keep you in this state of always wanting, always needing. And, like, even when you think of musicians with labels, you got these people running music labels that don't know nothing about music, don't know nothing about the environment, don't know nothing about the demographic, but they have all the numbers, they have, they have all, the, all the capital, they have all that, all the capital sense, but they have none of the community sense, the cultural sense. Because it's, it's, it's not culturalism, it's not communityism or communism, it's capitalism. Everything about the cat and everything about the capital. I'm crazy, man. It's, just, it's just a slavery. It's a slave system, yo.
2: And what we have to understand more than anything else, and when I say what we have to understand, what I'm trying to drive home, what I personally in this episode am attempting to drive home to you, the listener, is that as of 2019, only two average american lifetimes passed since the ending of slavery think about that and the average american lifetime according to the american medical association in the year 2019 was 79 years so multiply 79 by 2 and you understand that that's how close the end of slavery was to where you dwell today. And what does that mean? That means that when you come out of slavery as an African-American, as a descendant of a a stolen African, you're looking at a capitalistic society that literally did not include you Mm -hmm. for 400 years, 400 years plus and, 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 and it, it can't be overstated it cannot be overstated that American slavery is necessarily imprinted in the DNA of America capitalism I mean like it can't be overstated and that's a direct quote from historians Finn Beckford and Seth Rockman, American slavery is necessarily imprinted on the DNA of American capitalism. We can't escape this. The way we function today is the way that we function on the plantation and 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 here's watch this. Uh, um, there was a a, a a magazine that was widely read in the 1800s, and it was an agricultural magazine called Debose Review, D E B O W, Debose Review. And inside that 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 uh, inside one of their publications in the 1800s, there was an actual proponent that defended slavery at that time. And he was quoted as saying, slavery is the nursing mother of the prosperity of the North. So when you think about said it again, slavery is the nursing mother of the prosperity of the North. Because remember fuck, yo. <laughs> now remember one of, if if not the largest, you can call it one of the largest uh, industries during the time of slavery was cotton. Mm-hmm. Now, before Eli Whitney came along and created the cotton gin, you literally had slave labor picking the cotton, uh, removing the 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 bulb itself from the stem putting it in bags and then loading it onto trains or wagons or what there and it had to be quote-unquote shipped to the North because it was the North that was developing industry. The machinery necessary, the looms that would that would take the raw cotton and spin it into cotton thread that was spinning in the fabric. So think about that. Now, you got people that are reported in history as opposing slavery. But just in the, 16, in the seventeen, late 1700s, early 1800s, they were profiting off of slavery. They may not have owned slaves, but if it wasn't for slave labor, they wouldn't have the fabrics necessary to sell back overseas or to sell into the new modern American West. You, you, you wouldn't be able to produce these fabrics, why? Because you wouldn't be able to have the cotton. You wouldn't be able to get that type of uh, raw materials unless it came off of a sl- southern plantation. So you know that these people, these business owners, these tycoons, and the reason why I say that is because I want people to understand that there was a panic. And when I say a panic, I want us to understand, uh, Brother Kalen. You alluded to it earlier. We had the housing crash of two thousand eight. We had, most famously, before that, the uh, market crash of nineteen twenty nine. You had uh, dips in the market that almost crum uh, that almost crippled America in the nineteen forties, but. A lot of people don't remember the Panic of 1837. And the Panic of 1837 was primarily induced by Mississippi cotton plantation owners. Now, here's what you got to understand. Let's, 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 let me get this first and foremost. First and foremost, now this is hard to hear. Let me, let me, let me say this first. There's a, there's a word called presentism. P-E-R-E- S-E-N-T-I-S-M, presentism. Presentism is defined as people's automatic thought that the way people think today is the way people thought in the past. So what we have to always remember is when we're talking about the past, we've got to remove presentism away from us. The way we think today is not the way people thought in the past. I'm talking 10 years ago, 50 years ago, 30 years ago, 100 years ago, 150 years ago. People did not think the way we think today. So now, the Panic of 1837, induced primarily by Mississippi cotton plantation owners. So my first thing I must say to everybody, is that between the years of 1804 and 1860, those are the years that you primarily have New Orleans, Louisiana, as being the banking capital of the southern states during the time of slavery? So anytime a southern plantation owner needed money, a loan, or credit, Nine times out of ten, they would go to one of the banks that was located in New Orleans during these years 1804 to 1860. What was their primary form of collateral? Slaves. So, their primary form of collateral was slaves. So, between 1804 and 1860, most of your banks in New Orleans were averaging the price of healthy male Africans on plantations between the ages of 21 and 38 at about $1,200. That was an average cost that that had risen from times before, just five years before they were roughly being sold at about $450. So what are what am I trying to say? There was an inflation on the price of slaves. an arbitrary inflation of the price of slaves. So now watch this. The panic of 1837, you had banks in New Orleans fixing the price on paper of slaves at about $2,000. So when it came time for these banks to do business internationally, they were swelling up their books to get their money from international players. So in in 1837, Mississippi cotton plantation owners didn't bring in what they were supposed to bring bring in they were projected as being able to produce about 33 million dollars which in today's time would be about probably one to two billion one excuse me 100 to 200 million dollars worth of product meaning cotton when only brought in 10 million so when they did that, the banks had to turn around and uh, adjust the cost of their collateral, the slaves, from two thousand dollars all the way down to sixty dollars. This is what induced the panic of eighteen thirty-seven, which caused what? Which caused? primarily Mississippi cotton plantation owners to abscond away from their plantation, meaning they moved off their plantations to Texas, which at that time, 1837, was a total republic in and unto itself. The American government, any other state, could not come into Texas and force people to pay them. And guess what Mississippi was telling as a state any any government, any other entity that was coming after them like, well, these people lived in your state. You owe this money. Mississippi was telling them we're not going to pay it, and you can't force us to pay it. What does that sound like?
1: You can't force us to have these masks on? No, that
2: sounds like <laughs> the 2008 housing crash. They inflated the prices of homes arbitrarily because why? They created a system. And this is what capitalism does. They created a system that they sold on the marketplace that was so intricate that people couldn't understand it, but they accepted what they said the price was. And then when it came time to pay the piper, you had these banks going, we ain't got the money. We ain't going to pay it. And what did the American government do? They backed out. the banks. They backed the banks. the banks were too big to fail. That's what the phrase was. Oh, they're too big to fail. We can't let these banks fail. It's the same exact thing that happened in 1837. The the the, the international players left the states alone because the states said, Hey, I can't do nothing about this. So they basically let the, the the plantation owners keep their collateral, keep their slaves, and keep the money that they made. And nobody had to pay anything back. So what ended up happening? You come into a modern era. You got states that are rolling up these debts because they're trying to clear their books from debts back in the 1800s. Back in the nineteen hundreds, so we can't we can't get away from the fact. What I'm basically saying is we can't get away from the fact that America, and and I go back to what the gentleman said uh, earlier, the sociologist from from the University of Wisconsin Madison. I go back to the fact that because America chooses to employ this low road or this low form of, of capitalism, we are going to continue to keep seeing what we are seeing today. We're going to keep continuing to see these tactics put in place that cause us to stay behind because we started out as Kaylin so elo- eloquently showed us. We started out not even being a part of the system in the first place. We were never the
0: people,
1: uh-uh. never the eligible eligible members of state.
0: Right.
1: They still trying to discount us. It's just, I think it's just understanding that the the roots of America. Instead of focusing on the leaves,
0: and then that's what I'm. So I, I have a question for y'all. So, like, being that the roots are what they are, do you think Black people will ever be able to become capital owners?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's happening. Um, I feel like it's happening, but I don't, I don't expect it to happen in droves because it's it begs into that um that famous scene from that movie where it's like you can't they can't have us all rise up they have to keep some type of control so they rise up a few or rise up one mm-hmm. to let to let a, to let the dream be like oh it's a thing it's but
0: attainable.
1: right like you can do it cuz you see you up here but keep all the i think it's all the minutia in between I think it's 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 all the, the laws and the regulations and the all the wording that we really have to get into to really make a real effective long lasting change for black people in American society. Because we can make changes that are we can make acts all day.
0: Mm-hmm. But if
1: you have to continue to, to vote on the act, someone just gotta have a bad day. <laughs> and then all of our quote unquote rights are taken again. So I think it got to be some, some, some hardcore writing work to make long lasting change for black, for black, the black community as a whole to benefit, um, and to get, just to get back to zero with everyone else in America.
0: Okay. Um, and then I guess just in listening to what you were saying, I feel like in, since, you know the United States of America is a capitalist society. I don't feel that it's structured so everyone can make it. So we'll definitely have to change the economic system. But of course, that's going to take time. And, you know, you got to get everyone aware, you know. And then, of is course, it's going to piss people off and the corporations going to be pissed off because, of course, they, this is how they make their money.
2: It's happening now. Exactly what you just said, uh, Keeks. It's happening right now. Like let's not let's not ignore. And and I like the term that that you kids are using today. Let's not ignore real time facts. Real time <laughs> today. You got Elon Musk, who is literally converting almost all of personal wealth into Bitcoin. You got Dogecoin being challenged in the marketplace right now. You've got entities such as uh, Robinhood being uh, fully affected by the New York Stock Exchange and the S&P and NASDAQ. Why? Because these are systems within the capitalistic system that are challenging the actual merit of capitalism itself I mean you 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 gotta let's go back and okay y'all are y'all are not okay not to remember but I am old enough to actually remember life before the internet. And why did I bring that up? Life before the internet as opposed to life after the internet. When I tell you in my lifetime to this day, things have sped up so fast as where they didn't move so fast in the past that you have to be fully aware that laws... And this capitalistic system cannot keep up with technological advances.
1: Oh, by no means.
2: Okay, technology, and this is just me. I'm saying this, and I'm not saying I'm right. In my estimation, technology is about 25 to 50 years in front of modern-day economics, whether it be communism, capitalism, socialism, imperialism, totalitarianism. You want to have as it comes to a governmental structure. Technology is about 25 to 50 years in front of that. The issue is the people who are in control of the is, meaning they are also in control of how money flows in the world, are not allowing technology. To fully engage the ism They're, to a degree to the outskirts of the ism and this is why I say that and I go back to Bitcoin. If Bitcoin were to become the sole means by which Americans were paid, meaning Every private business owner in America were to wake up Monday morning and say, we're going to pay all of our employees in Bitcoin, the American government would crash, grind to a halt, dismantle. There would be all out war in the street. The American military government would be, I mean, the military would be activated. The president would say, we're, you know, we're in civil war. We've got to take control of every business ever created. We as a government are going to take over and it's going to be pandemonium in the streets. Why? Because the American government, just like any other government in the world, want to release control of what the value of the dollar represents not inside of America but on the Whole entire global stage, so that's the that's the issue. The issue with American capitalism is it's a system that's in place and does not do anything for Black Americans because it itself cannot stand to have its value in the eyesight of the world state. This is why we always constantly are saying if black americans would come together economically if we would just get into group economics we could see that and and this goes back to something you said cannon black americans if and if if, if if we'd all be drunk but <laughs> black americans if we would all pool our economic resources together and start Operating by a communist standpoint, economic standpoint, it would become, we would become a nation in a nation because we still find that smart enough to create the filter. The Black community operates as a communist community. But we exchange communism for capitalism when it comes to staying within the borders of America. But America can stand that, to deal with that. Because here's the reason why America, as a capitalistic society, offers free trade. You get one black billionaire to build a shipping company, communists are not. He can he can conduct trade internationally. So as a government that's capitalistic, they'd have to make the the, the shipping magnet a pariah in the eyesight of the world. You better not do business with this man. You better not accept any of his goods into your, you better not let allow his boat into your port. He's a communist. If You do that, you're going against America. We're going to bring the
0: mm-hmm.
2: area against
1: you.
0: That's definitely what they've done in the past. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm the same. Yeah,
1: that's that's how they they that's how they discredited all the Black Power events. So it's just
2: one of those things where we have to we have to figure out for ourselves. And I would go so far as to say we got to figure it out in private. Like it can never get into the, of any, governmental entity. We got to figure out for ourselves how we're going to move forward over these next twenty five to fifty years as a community because if capitalism or again I utilize a term that that sociologists use, if this low road capitalism is showing that it has never worked for us and it has never produced a benefit for the whole of our community why are we still adhering to it? Right. (sighs) Because we're still in in it. it. Right, as a community on the whole. I get why the individual black person wants to adhere to it. Shit, I want to make money too. <laughs> but if my heart is for my people, I'm not trying to become a billionaire and watch my folks starve in the street.
0: Right.
1: I just feel like we just and 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 I just feel like we just got to come back, come back to that. I think it's, I think it's, it's been too many people that have made it and that have just made it and don't care about the next man or don't care about the legacy part of it. And that's why I look, I look, I look at a lot of celebrities and stuff and like, I'm happy for them, but I always like to look at what are they doing for the, for, for what's coming. Like, like even, I guess capitalism kind of shows us like, you know, they're always expanding, but like. We should have that same mentality, but not necessarily for the capital, but for the community. We need to always be expanding our community. So if I'm doing this. I need to be looking at what my young cousins are doing, what my my, my family is doing, what you know, my son and my daughter is doing, because what they're doing, they're 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 giving me what's coming. Yes. I'm what's now. Yes. And it's I, it, it's like combining all of those together, really. And just having that intergenerational conversation in the black community, I feel like that's what's missing over everything. Our our generations aren't talking, which is not passing down information to help the young vibrant ones direct that energy that they have instead of just giving it to these entities and these people that don't even give a fuck about them. So, so yeah we just got to come back together.
0: I think also like combating that mentally, like kind of like you said, you know, we still in it. So it's like you want it for everyone, but getting everyone on the same page or getting as many people as you can on the same page and just trusting each other again, because, you know, I know we've talked about this earlier this week too, but like just really trusting each other and having that love for each other. And I mean, Everyone may not be on board. That's okay, you know. But it's possible.
1: It is. It definitely. Excellent.
0: We need to get together, y'all, because this shit ain't it. Y'all done heard it. You got the research. You got the articles. Damn it! You can go ahead and read it and research it for yourself. But hey, this shit, this this ain't it, baby. This ain't it. This is not it. This is not it. We all can eat. We all can eat. Okay, it's possible. We can do this. Child of the Lord.
1: We just gotta all come together, man. Keep 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 that self education up,
2: and no, and don't shy away from what is. Uh, I said this earlier. You guys, you know, I said this earlier. We can no longer shy away from the fact. There has been articles written, books written, papers written, uh, theories written, memoirs written. There is a categorized, collated, recorded, and stored history of what former capitalists wanted to see happen inside this America as it pertains to the stolen African, and we can go back and read that today because it's public out there, and they can't deny it if we read it that that's what was said. So if that was what if that was spoken, and we can see that it is in place today, ask yourself one question, and here is the question. If you are a descendant of a stolen African, why are you still participating in this system? To just participate. I can understand, Okay, and I'm I'm, going to be quiet after I say this. I can understand if you're participating in the credit system to get your credit score to a certain score so that you can get some land, so that you can get a house, so that you can put some solar panels on it, so that you can drill your own well, so that you can put up a a windmill, so that you can eventually clip the line to the grid. You can already (laughs) have a farm or raise livestock or whatever it is you think you have that can be a, a capital good or a capital gain, or whatever that phrase was you said, Keeks, to have a capital good that can be ejected into the marketplace because you're not going to leave America. You're going to stay in America. You're going to stay in whatever state you're in. But you're not going to participate in the system other than to reap the benefits of it. Like, I get it that you want to participate to be able to beat the system. But if you ain't trying to beat the system, why are you participating in the system? Especially if you're a descendant of a stolen African, knowing Like Brother Kalen said, it's a republic, you are not one of the people, and you did not ever, you were not ever supposed to be an eligible candidate. Like, why are you participating? What's your end goal? What is your end goal? And if it ain't for your people, hey, who I could say something, but I won't. Go ahead. Y'all finish the episode.
1: Cause I was about to say, if, if it ain't for your people, it's go it's for somebody people. Right. Cause somebody was gonna be the eligible member. Somebody was in them people. Whether they look like something, where they had a certain state, creed, whatever, I just know they weren't talking about me. And if you look like me. Or if you don't know what I look like because you're just hearing my voice, you can go to Knoxlist K N O X L A S T on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to see my lovely face. I am black, proud of it. So I, I wasn't included. So uh, yeah, that's why I say stick to that self-education. Read, man, because when well, you know that they didn't write you in, she Just I get real disrespectful with it because they've been disrespectful from the jump.
0: Tell me y'all, foot and trachea, foot and trachea, foot and uh, trachea. I think that's gonna be my new phrase.
1: I'm put my, put my foot through your trachea. What? Don't ask too many questions. You'll find out. Exactly. Stand
2: up real quick so I can push your ass down.
1: <laughs> Good <laughs> hey
0: <laughs> Well, y'all, man, this has been a very fulfilling episode. I hope y'all enjoyed this this education and this information. I know somebody rubbing their forehead right now like baby look. Baby look. But hey, it's okay. We got the solution. We got to come together. We got to come together. Community. Amen. All in the goodness of striving for achievement, baby. That's this it. has been another episode of SFA Charlotte, and we want to thank y'all for tuning in and coming to get this, this, this wisdom, this education, this information. Y'all want to go ahead and drop y'all handles real quick. I know Knox list. I know you already dropped yours, brother Stokes. You want to go ahead and drop your IG?
2: Uh, yeah, you can catch me at go see big bro. That's G O S E E B I G. B-R-U-H. Go see Big Bruh. And, uh, you know, put something in the DM. I might just put something back in yours. Okay.
0: (laughs) Okay. If y'all want to reach out to me, contact me, feel free to contact me on my personal Instagram. Yes, I'm back on my personal Instagram. That's at Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Yes, sir. L O R D E dot H A V E M E R C Y. And we just want to thank y'all again, man. We hope y'all continue to have a beautiful, blessed, and a phenomenal rising and amazing day. You got this, baby. Keep your head up. We love y'all and we thank y'all. Peace.
1: Peace. Oh.